everybody. Welcome back to the Speak Out Loud podcast. I'm Stacy, And I'm Doug, and we are so glad you guys are joining us today. Yeah, last week, we didn't really take the week off by any means. We just wanted everybody just to kind of be able to go, okay, these are some um, episodes I really wanted to listen to that I haven't gotten a chance to. And so we hope that it was a good catch-up week for you because we're going to keep moving forward now. <laughs> That's right. Today we are on episode five. I guess if you don't count the preview episode we did, we're on episode five of season two. And we're so glad that you're joining us. We're thankful for you, our listeners, um, just for all that you're, uh, the time you give us and for um, your feedback and, and so much encouragement we're hearing. We really appreciate that. And I think yes. we've got a great episode for you today. Um, I can tell you this, Stace, tonight, yeah. or as we sit here, I'm really excited about tonight. Me too. Because we are going to the Need to Breathe concert. That's right. And we almost always like the same bands and stuff, and we're just like, okay, yeah, we'll go to that concert occasionally. But this one we both really like. And yeah. so it's really going to be fun. It's going to be outdoor, so it's going to be super loud and fun. And so we're excited about that. And like a few, like six months ago, Doug called me or texted me and he was just like, he goes, Stacy, I want you to um, go to this song, Banks, by Need to Breathe. And so um, I went and listened to it and oh my gosh, it like totally, totally resonates with both of us. Um, the the course to it says, want to hold you close, but never hold you back, just like the banks to a river. And I was just like, oh my gosh, that is so um, Doug in my life. He doesn't hold me back, but he does protect me and... Thanks, babe. <laughs> you know, I called them to see if they would dedicate that song to us tonight, but I haven't gotten a message back yet. So mm-hmm. if by, well, they won't be hearing this in time for the concert, but uh, hey, if they could dedicate it to us, so maybe yes. you know, just pray about it. And if they do it, there'll be a special, uh, special treat for you. And <laughs> you'll just think how incredible I am to have that done. If so. not on the way home, I guess you could sing it, but no. Yeah, I could <laughs> sing it. I could sing it for you. Won't be as good. Hey, we want to jump in today and talk about um, a subject which, Stacy, I know is something that you've wrestled with. Yes. And so, uh, you know, for our listeners, and, and this really is whether you're a person of faith or not a person of faith, I've found that people ask this question because you were talking about, even Stacy, that this was something that came up in your inpatient treatment, that people really wondered about this. Yeah. And, um, and this was part of maybe just that struggle of mental illness, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're thinking from a faith perspective. But it's it's this, you know, it's, it's this idea that God is not disappointed in you. Right. And I know that's something that you've had a hard time with and, and wondered about a lot. Is God disappointed in me because of this ongoing struggle? Yeah. And I think partly, too, because it's been a lengthy battle and a lengthy journey for you. So we want to dive into that today. Yeah. And, and maybe that's something you've thought about or you've wrestled with or you've wondered about. Um, is God disappointed in you? And and if you were to stop listening in the next few moments, we want you to know this before we move on. God is not disappointed in you because of your mental illness. Right. So we want to make that clear. We hope you'll keep listening, but if you have other things to do or you move on, I just want to make that clear before we get any further into the podcast. But, mm-hmm. but Stacey, I know it's something also that you have really um, at times struggled with, thinking yeah. that. So why do you think you or people, why do you think people can feel that way? I think this is just such a hard topic because um, 
I so badly my whole life, even as a little bitty girl, um, have wanted to please God. And I've wanted to um, make him happy. And um, I want to be a good child of God. I wanted to be a good little girl at home. I believe I've uh, adapted some of those behaviors um, when I was growing up into my relationship with God as an adult. I have really struggled with this because um, it reminds me that I cannot even begin to fathom God's grace and mercy towards me. And it also reminds me that I cannot earn that and I will never deserve that. And that's really hard. I think I'm a doer and, you know, put a star next to my name kind of person. And when I constantly am falling down and tripping up in my recovery process from from several mental illnesses, from um, manic depression and from cutting and from anxiety and from eating disorder, these things um, may never go away. And so I just, I've always just wanted to be good. I've wanted to do the right thing. Um, And so when I see myself constantly or consistently struggling with something, I'm like, gosh, I'm disappointed in me. So how can God not be? And sometimes I think we struggle with this. We can project those feelings that maybe we have about ourselves. Um, We project those onto others and we can project them onto God that if we're feeling this way, God must be feeling this way. Or right. Others must be feeling this way, mm-hmm. and and sometimes you know, even in mental illness, especially in depression or some other aspects of mental illness, you know, our thinking may not be clear. We may be mm-hmm. really struggling with with holding on to, and you've talked about this, Stace, holding on to any positive thoughts. Yeah, when we're only thinking and hearing in our in our mind's voice the negative. It's easy to project that onto God and think, well, God must be feeling the same way about me or thinking the same way about me, and that that must be disappointment. Some days, I don't see how people um, can't be tired, disappointed, or over my struggles um, to take bites or to find joy or to for me to be calm or to not physically hurt myself. I know that I'm so tired of it. So how much more... Do people around me need a break from it? And that's when I really get worried and scared and nervous is that um, in any type of mental illness or struggle, it's like you need support mm-hmm. and you need yeah. people to um, be a community around you. And that community can be sometimes one person. Sometimes it can be 20 people, um, depending on you know what that looks like for you right now. But it's like I, I am so worried about the people that... Um, are walking this path with me that it's sometimes overwhelming and I go you know I don't blame you one bit I'd move on to or I wouldn't um, believe that this is someday even if it's in heaven going to be better either and that is not necessarily what people are thinking this is how I know I ask them yeah I do I ask those questions and I know that sometimes that seems like I'm probably very much a kid but my mind tortures me. And so if I can ask a question to somebody, even at the risk of them getting frustrated with me, it just at least helps clear out that little part of my mind so that I can just take a breath and go, maybe it's not as bad as I thought. Um, maybe they're not as disappointed in me or maybe they're not disappointed in me at all. Maybe something totally different's going on in their life and they'll be back when they can be. Yeah. 
I think, stay something that, that a lot of people, I don't know, you struggle with this at times, that people would struggle with with mental illness is guilt. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that, you know, I, I don't know if people that have other chronic health conditions, um, I've not walked in their shoes, so I don't want to speak for them, but I don't know if they wrestle with guilt quite like those that struggle with mental illness mm-hmm. struggle with guilt. And I think at times it may be because of what our culture says about it. It may be because of um, judgment that, that people feel like they receive because of their illness. It may just be because even too, like we said, the negative thinking that seems to, that, that's already present and comes out through it. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it seems like guilt is something that people really battle with. And, and it seems strange to say I'm guilty because I have an illness. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, it, it's there and it's something that often that happens for someone. So how have you dealt with that? How have you experienced guilt? And maybe how have you tried to deal with that too? One of the main things that I kind of share with people, whether I'm one-on-one or speaking, is that you don't have to wait to understand to have compassion. Yeah, that's good. Um, If I waited to experience everything that someone goes through to show compassion, not only would I be robbing myself of the joy of getting to speak into somebody else's life what God is teaching me, but also... Gosh, that's just not living in community at all. That's just saying, you know what? I don't get you, so I'm not going to you know, invest in you. I'm not going to spend time with you. And that's really a way of the world. That's not really a Christian godly approach to anything. Um, and so the guilt aspect of that is, is that we've kind of been in this mental illness realm for 30 plus years now. And we have seen people's expressions. We have seen people's feed, heard people's feedback. Um, we have gotten a lot of negativity about it. And that in itself has made me go, gosh, mine, mine is different. And they consider mine to be different because maybe they think I'm intentionally depressed. Yeah. I'm intentionally struggling with food. Um, I'm intentionally angry with myself for having these things. And um, I guess it's just something that you and I doing through the, are doing through this podcast and just through anything that we're doing through Speak Out Loud is assuming that people don't understand. And so we're trying to not convince you, but educate you. Yeah. And so I think that's where some of my guilt gets washed aside a little bit and pushed aside a little bit is because... If I stay there in that guilt, I go to a really bad place. Um, so, and I think there's two there's there's two kinds of guilt, and I think one is a, is a good kind of guilt that that is a temporary feeling, a temporary reaction that makes us aware maybe of something we've done wrong, and it leads us to reconciliation, reconciliation mm-hmm. with someone maybe we've hurt, something maybe for something we've done wrong to somebody else. Uh, and ultimately, and most importantly, reconciliation with God, that we seek out his forgiveness. We come to him and seek to reconcile that relationship. Mm-hmm. But I think in mo- many, many instances, particularly those that struggle with mental illness, is guilt leads to shame. Yes. And shame leads to isolation. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people, even if they, um, like what you're describing a minute ago, Stace, people may not have, have intended to portray guilt onto somebody else, 
but by not knowing what to say, by not knowing how to approach them, by intentionally or unintentionally isolating that person, those things, isolation, distance, hiding, I think lead to, are all responses to shame, but also shame builds upon itself. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see a, a, the, the response to shame is that I'm going to go hide. I don't want anybody to see what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people that struggle with depression, with anxiety, with other issues, they maybe want to, even if they're out in public, they want to bury it down deep inside so nobody can see it. And that's where guilt, that's where shame can really fester and grow and become something that just even drags you down even further. Mm-hmm. And I think that becomes really, really dangerous. Well, I think a lot of it is the fact that the people, anyway, that I was in treatment with for eating disorder, um, one of the common bonds that all of us had was we were people pleasers or we were overachievers. And so this the very thing that people may have misconstrued as part of the illness is polar opposite. And so I think that's why it's so important for us to share um, not only about misperceptions, but also what God says and his truth about it. Because honestly, I want to get this someday. I do. I really do. That he and his opinion of me is all that matters. And I do not live in that world right now. That's one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this today, not because we've got this uh, mastered or that we've got this all um, figured out. It's because I struggle with this so much. I'm wondering if you might too. You know, Stace, another thing that can play into this feeling of disappointment that maybe we can project onto God, onto others, is is built around expectations of recovery. Mm -hmm. So maybe your recovery hasn't... um, it's not done yet, or maybe it hasn't uh, met others' expectations or maybe even your own expectations Mm -hmm. for whether the length of it or just where you are in it or or just what it looks like. So how do you deal with that Mm -hmm. when it comes to just being disappointed but maybe feeling that somehow God is disappointed in you? Mm -hmm. I have to go to Scripture and to be with people who will also speak Scripture into my life. Also, I have to... um, really choose to accept the grace that God has for me and realize that he does have that for me, even if I'm not quite there for myself. This has been kind of a separator, a divider, though this question has been. Um, This has sometimes made people in our lives who love us very much, who love God very much, um, friends, um, family, very uncomfortable. Uh, We have this timeline in our minds, depending on what the illness is, or depending on what the addiction is, or depending on what the struggle is. And that's not fair. Mm -hmm. It's not fair when I put that on myself. It's not fair if I were to project that onto someone else. Well, you've had this illness for this amount of time. Don't you think it's about time for you to be over it? I would never say that to someone, but we've gotten those responses. Am I upset with those people? No. Is it hard to take? Yes. The daily fight and battle in itself is so difficult. And I'm probably already thinking the negativity. If someone says it, it just puts makes it so concrete in my life. So Well, and so often an expectation is really 
for the, for that other person more than it is for you. Sure. It's somehow if the expectation is unfulfilled, whether it's the timing or the length or or whatever, what what the, what the end result looks like, it's it's more of how that other person is impacted than you mm-hmm. are impacted. Yes. We've definitely lost friends who have come to pray over me, for me, with me, um, that didn't see the results that they wanted to see. I remember one person, um, of course, well-meaning, they were praying over me, um, and they expected me to stand up from the prayer of um, me being not, not having anorexia anymore. And after they prayed for me, they expected for me to stand up and just be starving for Chick-fil-A. Um, and so what I've come to is this, but this is very true. I believe that most moments that God is actively healing me in his own time. I believe most moments that God is actively healing me in his own time. And that may not look like what I've expected. That may not look like somebody what somebody in my life has expected. But he does it his way and at his time. And I think also you could say it's also to accomplish his purposes. That's right. And and whatever his purposes might be in that, um, I think ultimately in my weakness I'm made strong. Mm-hmm. Because in my weaknesses I am shining a light on God's strength. Mm-hmm. And I think what God is doing in your life, and sometimes we, we have expectations that, that maybe we don't see all that God is doing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes God... You know, God doesn't heal somebody immediately from something. He takes them through a process, a recovery process, mm-hmm. because he wants to, that's going to bring glory to himself. When mm-hmm. we say glory, that means it's going to point attention on him. Mm-hmm. It's going to say, look at what how good God is. Look at how great he is, and, and look at what he's doing in somebody's life. And if he can do that in your life, he can do that in somebody else's life. That's right. And I think that brings encouragement. Oftentimes, if it's just this instantaneous thing, and it's almost like I never, you know, I'm freed from that. Now, certainly he can do that. Sure. But also, it, it doesn't often mesh with others' experiences and, and the road or the journey they're having to go through. And so I think that um, we can bring hope to others by saying God has been faithful to us in our journey as long as it's been and, and faithful to us to where we are right now in your recovery. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, then, he can be faithful to you. He can be faithful to you wherever you are, mm-hmm. wherever you find yourself. I think the greatest truth out of that is that whether we've met an expectation or not, God has not given up on you. That's right. God has not given up on us, and God ultimately is not disappointed in us because God's not surprised. Disappointment means somehow he's surprised by our lack of progress or he's He's frustrated by it. And in the end, God is not surprised. God knows right where we are. He knows right what you're going through. So where you are is not a surprise to mm-hmm. him. Um, to our listeners, where you are is not a surprise yeah. to him. And therefore, he can't be disappointed because of that, because you're not surprising him. He's he's not leveraging um, disappointment as some manipulation on you. And this happens to us. And sure. some, I think sometimes we're conditioned maybe by a well-meaning parent, by a teacher, by a coach, by someone in our life. They use the language of disappointment. Don't disappoint me. You've disappointed me to leverage somehow our performance. Mm-hmm. God's not trying to use disappointment to leverage our performance. You know, we can't perform enough to please God, right? Right. It's only through Jesus Christ and our faith and our trust in him that that we can stand before God. Mm-hmm. And therefore, um, he's asking us to love him, to obey him, to follow him, 
is a response to his incredible, immense love for us. Mm-hmm. Not just stooping down to leverage disappointment and, and failure to somehow get us to perform. He's, he's asking for us to follow him because of his love. That is, to me, very freeing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, completely. Because um, probably a lot of you have this in common. That's not necessarily how you're raised. Um, and that is not to be hurtful or anything to your parents, my parents. Um, we're parents. <laughs> and we um, have two daughters who um, have really been overachievers. And um, they've worked very hard for things. And we have not wanted to put that extra pressure on them. And because sometimes they're already doing that for themselves, to themselves. But when I go to God and I say, God, I am trying so hard and I'm failing. And us having that conversation, I'm failing my friends. I'm feeling failing my family. I'm just so tired of trying to juggle all these things. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I heard a speaker said this um, when I was listening to something about uh, mental illness, and you can carry that around all day, and it's the heaviest thing to carry around, or you can just lay anything that you're struggling down at Jesus' feet and let him take care of you. And sometimes I have to have that often, I have that conversation with him of God, help me just for a few minutes to have a break from what my worries are about what other people people's expectations are of where I should be or where I shouldn't be. I was thinking of a line from a song. Um, the song I believe is called Gyra, mm-hmm. and it's popular right now. But this line catches me every time when I hear it. And it says, I wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. And I think that's so true, and yet so often we think, God, I've, I've let you down. I've let you down by, by I, I think, by my sin. I think I've let you down, God, by my choice, by something I've done. And, and mental illness is not a sin. It's a medical condition. But I think you, Stacy, can feel like, God, I've let you down by somehow by where I am or what I've, my lack of progress as you perceive it, or if I'm having a hard day versus a better day. Those things are somehow letting you down. And I don't think God feels let down by those. Mm-hmm. God God is, is feeling compassion and love, not let down or disappointed. Well, and what's the what is the worst thing can happen with that? He's not gonna leave. Right. Um, with what you're talking about, Doug. I have huge fears of abandonment. That comes from long line of things, but I get so afraid of making everybody so tired that they'll have to leave this journey. And the thing that is so refreshing about God is, is that I've mentioned this before, but he is the God who stays. Mm -hmm. And um, no matter what my performance is, no matter what my recovery looks like, because there have been times when I have literally said, I am doing so much better than I am and that I know on the inside that I'm doing because I want to encourage people. I want them to feel like, gosh, Stacy's really getting better. She's really doing so much better because I don't want people to be disheartened about my journey. And I also don't want people to think that God's not working in my life. And so the only thing that does is 
is that throws me backwards. Mm -hmm. Um, Because then reality hits of that's so not true. That's so not true. God uses what I go through and perhaps what you go through to keep us close to. That's not, again, to manipulate us. But the whole goal is to know God. I think at the root of it, that that fear of abandonment may be um, the heart of this fear of, of disappointment. Mm-hmm. That somehow if we could um, disappoint God to a point that he would leave us. Mm-hmm. Yet there's this great truth that's it's spoken both in the Old Testament and the New Testament where God says, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Mm-hmm. And and there's famous stories. There's, there's stories that Jesus told. You can look at the story of the prodigal son. If there was any one that uh, could have disappointed his father, mm-hmm. who in that story the father represented God, it was the prodigal son. By all of his, his choices, by everything he went out and did, and yet the beauty of that story, if you've never heard it before or read it, it's in Luke chapter 15, is that the father is anxiously waiting for his son to return. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's an image of God's love and, and grace and mercy towards us rather than a view of judgment, which potentially could be expressed in disappointment. You know, that whole, um, that whole experience of being either rejected or abandoned is a very common thread that runs through a lot of people's lives. And that's also, I feel like, how a lot of people see the, see their Heavenly Father or God according to how they experience their earthly father. And I love my earthly father. There's just been some confusing things that have taught me that I need to make sure I keep my eyes on my Heavenly Father. I didn't have contact with my biological father for a long time. And so those things have bled over into other things in my life, my relationship with God. And I think it's very important then for me to once again go to Scripture and for me just to go, God, first of all, I acknowledge that you are not like an earthly father. And so if you're listening and you go, you know, I get so tripped up because of the way um, the way I was raised and, and that's how I perceived God. We want you to know the truth, no matter what I struggle with, with mental illness, no matter what my perceptions or confusions have been, I've asked God to help me sort those out and him to really teach me these things, not to please others, but in order to have a better relationship with him. I think it's important, Stace, that as we uh, bring this this episode home is that we um, just make clear a couple things, and that is that you know while we may fail, we may struggle, mm-hmm. we may we may suffer, and uh, suffering, failure, even our sin, does not mean God is disappointed in us. Yeah. And I think there's several things that that we just want to make sure you hear that that we have either learned or we're trying to learn, we're trying to embrace in our lives as we walk this mental illness journey. Um, and we wrestle with this. Stacy, you wrestle with this. Is God disappointed in me? Is somehow, have somehow I failed him because of this, my mental illness, because this has taken longer than I expected, um, and because maybe I, I'm never going to break free of this. And, and ultimately, I think that question then is, is God disappointed because I suffer? And I think we have to say the answer is no. no. Mm-hmm. God has compassion on us. 
God loves us. And there's just a couple quick things we'd want to share. And that just a couple things even we just jotted down literally on a napkin today at lunch as we were talking through this. But one is this. God is not surprised by where we are or what we're going through. He knows what we're going to do today. And he still stays and is closer than a whisper. You know, a verse, Stacy. I think uh, a couple of verses in the book of Isaiah in, in chapter 43 mm-hmm starting in verse 2 and going down through several verses there. um, He says, the Bible says this, When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And I just thought of of how, you know, some even the language you've used to describe depression before, that it can feel like you're drowning, that you feel like you're just going under and you're trying to get back to the surface. And that, that idea right there, that when you pass through the waters, when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Mm-hmm. And it says, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And I've, I've heard you talk about at times how your mind can torture you. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like it's on fire at times. And you feel that way. It's that, that pain can feel that way. And, and you, you go on down, and, and in verse 5 it says, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I think that's the promise of God there is that no matter what you're going through, whatever kind of suffering you're going through, it doesn't mean suffering doesn't mean God's disappointed. It doesn't mean he's he's abandoned you. The promise is he's with you through it. He's with you in the midst of it. And the best way that I can take that in is to spend time with him and to go, God, you see all the walls I have up. You see all the fear that I have just lurking around me. You knew that my mind was going to be like this and you still love me, but just knowing that no matter what, I have not changed your plan for my life. I'm not powerful enough. Mental illness isn't powerful enough, but that I'm still, I'm still with you and you're still with me and that we're still, I'm still on the ultimate plan that you've got me on. Um, because you knew these things were going to happen and you knew that I was going to have confusion about this and I, you knew that I was going to be overwhelmed with it. And so that in itself is so, so freeing. You know, another truth that I think um, has meant a lot to us, and, and this is honestly something that I think I've really, it's really been driven home in my life uh, just through a number of times our pastor says this and he repeats this uh, a number of times. But it's, it's this, that God doesn't have a plan B, C, D, a plan Z. Mm-hmm. He's got plan A. And, and no matter where you are in your life, and, and for most of us, mental illness is maybe not what we expected. It's not the expected journey. We didn't come out of college and see somehow this is where we'd be at this point in our life. But that we're still on God's plan A. Yeah. And I do think it's true that a surrendered life is a usable life, a life that's surrendered to Him that seeking to follow him is a life that's usable by him. Um, but God can take our errors. God can take our mistakes. God can take our suffering. God can take mental illness. And this is what we talked about earlier. He can use it for his glory. He can use it for his purposes. And so that's always just been such an encouragement to me. Mm-hmm. And even as my, my life has changed, the career path I was on has changed, a number of things that I kind of envisioned about my life have not necessarily been what I expected. But the truth is, Doug, you're on plan A. You're not, you can't mess up so many times, okay, God says, let's crumple that up, 
throw that away, let's start over on plan B. Crumple that up, let's start over on plan C. Stacy, you and I, as a couple together, we're on plan A. Mm-hmm. Listener, wherever you are, you're on God's plan A for your life. And I think to me, that's an encouragement. It's an encouragement to know that God still has a plan for me. God's plans are for my good. The Bible talks about it's a plan for hope. It's, it's got a future to it. That that's the plan that we're on. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's where God has us. If, if we have a surrendered life to God, that is saying, God, use my life. Use what I've gone through. Um, use it for your purposes. There can be purpose to what you've gone through, and that even extends to mental illness. Mm-hmm. And I know, Stacy, you've experienced that. Absolutely, I have. And you may be wondering, you know, with all we're talking about today, what do you do? Where do you start? The words that speak, people speak over us can be so strong. And um, maybe you have been told that you're a disappointment or that things that you do are disappointing. That's, that's a real, that can really hurt deep. And what we want to encourage you to do today is something that I can choose to do or not. And fortunately, more days I'm trying to do this than not. And that is to listen to what it says in 1 Peter 5, 7. And it says, cast all your cares on me because I care for you. And sometimes I feel so distant from what I feel like a Christian really looks like or what God um, wanted for me and wants for me that I'll just say, I'll put my name in there and I'll say, Stacy, cast all your cares on me because because I care for you, Stacy. And when I put myself in scripture, when I do that, then it helps build that relationship and it helps tear down some of those walls that I have that hurt because I want I want to tell you something about me. I have rarely, not never, but rarely found someone who would be more disappointed in me than I am. So if I can get rid of that, yeah. If I can hand that over to the Lord day by day, moment by moment, and accept his mercy and grace instead of the d- disappointment that I have about myself and where I might be right now as a grown woman with grown kids, married almost 30 years, and I can just push all of that aside and just go, God, what do you have for me in this moment? What do you have for me in this day? What is your language towards me? Not my language toward myself and certainly not the enemy's language towards me. Then we can start to have a good moment. We can start to have a good day. And I want you to know that wherever you are today, God sees and God knows. And and that may sound, oh, that's scary because God sees and he knows but I want you to hear that in a comforting way. God sees what you're going through. You matter to him. He cares. And God knows. God knows your pain. Mm-hmm. God knows your struggle. He's not disappointed in you. He loves you. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I would also say about that is that it's not that he just knows that about you. is that God also sees more than your mental illness. You know, a person with mental illness may say, this is what defines me. My, my mental health, my depression, my anxiety, whatever it may be, this is how God sees me and this is how others see me. This is how I see myself. But you're more than that. You're more than that to God and you're more than that um, as a person. I just thought about this as, as, as how would we view our child? Mm-hmm. If your child is going through something, um, maybe something horrible, you don't just see them and define them by that one thing. Mm-hmm. You see them 
for all their good things. You see them for the life that's in them. You see them just for the fact that they are your child. And that's how God sees us. God doesn't look at you and say, oh, that's, that's that depressed person. Mm-hmm. Or that's that anxious person. Or that's that person that struggles with anorexia. God says, that's my child. And that's my child that I love. And so God sees your struggle. God cares about your struggle. But he also sees so much more than that. He sees you and who you are. And that's what God loves. And, and you are not a disappointment to him. Mm-hmm. You may be thinking right now, I've, I've been tainted. And um, I just want to challenge you, just like we said a few minutes ago, to give it to the Lord, give it to God. He's waiting. And please learn, know, and believe what we've told you today to be true. It's not our truth. It's our truth, but it comes from the Word of God. These aren't things that we're just hoping are true. And ask God to help you begin this process with Him. I know without a doubt that I would not be here today without God. It's just that black and white for me. And um, God's used people. He's used He's used um, just in many ways. He's used his children, his people, um, friends, family to speak into my life. That's just a precious thing to be able to receive. And so if you're in that situation and you just are going, wow, this is opposite of what I've heard, believe, and been told, um, please give God a chance today. We would just ask you to do that. I'm going to keep on this journey also, as you've heard. I have really been confused a long time about these things because of some disconnects that have happened um, when I was younger. And um, the confusion really, really helped form my beliefs. It's just been one step at a time, and God is patient, and He is um, willing to walk this with you. And he is not in a hurry. He just wants you. Well, Stace, thank you for your vulnerability today. Because I think this is a vulnerable discussion to talk intimately about our relationship with God, about how we view him and how he views us, and in ways we've struggled with that. And I think how mental illness plays into that and and can lead us to some misconceptions that that just drive us down even further, make things harder for us. So... Thank you for that very much. Hey, we want to thank you today for listening to the Speak Out Loud podcast. We appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate your support. We appreciate just your encouragement. And so many of our listeners have uh, have been sharing with us. And it's interesting how just through social media and other ways we've been hearing from you. And uh, that means a lot to us. And we mm-hmm. really appreciate that. So we want to encourage you. If you have um, not yet subscribed to the podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe. That way you're notified uh, each time a new episode is, is, is posted. Um, if, if you listen on a, on a podcast player that allows for ratings, we'd love for you to give us a rating. Go leave a comment. That helps us. That helps so many other people find the podcast. You can find us on social media at uh, Speak Out Loud Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Stacy's also just got a Speak Out Loud page on Facebook and Instagram, which you can also follow. And also, uh, if you've not yet heard about this or purchased a copy of this, uh, Stacy has a book out called You Are Worth Saving. Mm-hmm. And uh, the audiobook of that is almost ready for release, and we hope to have that out before Christmas and available to you. But the hard copy book 
um, is available now. Mm-hmm. It's available on Amazon. You can just search for it by You Are Worth Saving, uh, Letters of Hope from a Desperate Heart's the subtitle. And it's a great uh, resource for you, for a friend maybe that's struggling as we look ahead to the holiday season. It could make a great gift for somebody that um, is also struggling, could, could really help them out. So uh, thank you for all the ways you're engaging uh, with the podcast, and we appreciate you. And until next week, God bless you guys. Thanks, you guys.